Is everybody in? Is everybody in? The show is about to begin. Cheering crowd sound, it's concerts, concerts that made us, concerts that made us.com. This is Dave and Anna Maria from Vajra, and you're listening to Concerts That, that made, made Us. us. We are young. Heartache to heartache, we stand. No promises, no demands Both of us knowing Love is a battlefield
Anna Maria and Dave, you're very welcome to Concerts That Made Us. Thanks for having us. Thank you. I'm looking forward to diving into your music over the next bit. Now, you released a track last month and I have to say I can't stop listening to it. Love is a Battlefield. It was out on the 13th of October. As I said, I love your version of it. Can you tell us a bit more about it? Sure. Um, so I had I usually would warm up to a bunch of songs, and that was one of the songs that I would just warm my voice up to. And uh, we had decided we wanted to do a cover. We don't usually do any covers. Well, I take it back. We do one cover live, and that's Set the Controls for the Heart of the Sun uh, by Pink Floyd. And that was it. That's all, the only cover we've ever done. So we were just talking about, well, why don't we just try a cover just to try it? And um, we're like, well, what cover? Because we wanted a cover, a song that we could vajracize and make our own. It didn't make sense for us to just regurgitate what someone else has done. Then I'd rather just listen to the original. So we wanted something that had some space and and who knows what that means. So this song um, had a lot of space because it's from the 80s. And the sound is different and it's not progressive at all. And we lean towards that area, although we don't fit squarely in any genre. Um, And we were driving down, Dave and I were driving down the thruway one night. The New York State thruway, if anyone's wondering. (laughs) And on the radio, the song came on and I just sang it. And he's like, whoa, that's the song we got to (laughs) do. So (laughs) I was like, all right, cool. So um, we were in my childhood bedroom um, at one point and we were just like hashing out bass lines. What if we try this? I was on the keyboard. He was on the bass and we were just kind of going back and forth and we decided on something and then went into the studio with uh, Jimmy, who just came up with a beat. And then things kind of just morphed a little bit in the studio. Well, a lot, actually. They morphed yeah. a lot in, this, in our rehearsal space. I think we'll do. Right. And it just told us what it wanted. My vocal delivery pretty much stayed the same. Yeah. Um, so I was like, all right, well, if I keep singing, I just kept singing along. No matter what we did, it was kind of just like tiny differences. And I thought, okay, well, that's the way it's got to be sung. For some reason, it's telling me it wants that. Um, we went into the studio to record with Sahaj and Sahaj gave us an idea for um, a really cool guitar part. So, um, and then just did a layer, like within five minutes, he's like, what about this? And we're like, whoa, that's great. So, I mean, it just kind of came pretty quickly. Um, But we, you know, we knew the song. We've all been living with that song uh, for a long time. So 40 years. Yeah. Pretty crazy. Apparently. Right. So it just, you know, it it was the next stage. What we just added, what we thought we could add to it, um, but we were very happy with what we came up with. And we we knew the first time we got it back from Sahaj, like the, you know, draft version of what we had recorded. We all were like chills. We're like, okay, this is this is something. You know, you know, you just know, and it's hard to really say what that is, but that song had it. So we're like, okay, cool. And is it one and done now, or are you open to more covers from classic songs? There will be, uh, there will be a couple more covers maybe coming. Um, one is a really big surprise. I can't say anything yet, but yeah, I'm very prepared. Um, there will be just a, maybe a little more coming, but not too many because we are an original band. Yeah. Um, 
We don't want to be pegged as a cover band, but you know, you got to do it sometimes, especially if you can put your own spin on it or take something and, and like have people go, wow, what was that? You know, and that's all I'll say. The transformation, the alchemy is like the fun part. You yeah. know, what could we add to this? Because it's already a great song, you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And what do you hope people take away from your version of the song compared to the original? We're hearing a lot of positives on, you know, like we've heard the song so many times, but like the, your version is like awesome. It's just breathed a new life into it. So that's like, that's a great compliment to me. Like that's what a cover should do anyway. Um but I, have you heard something else? Yeah, I mean, it's just our version of it. We, it's it's the same song, but it's transformed into a whole different like way of hearing it. And and uh, a lot of people have said that that they love the version because it doesn't it it, it it's not a carbon copy of the original, not even close. So. There you go. That's that's exactly what you want though when you're doing a cover. You know, you want to make it familiar but really put your own mark on it yeah. so it's it's different. Yeah. Exactly. And it's fun. It's fun to try to do that, you know. It's yeah. it's it's a challenge. Just to, you know, color outside the lines a little bit and like how far can you go? Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And when it comes to creating original music then for you guys, typically what does the process look like? The process is always different. Um, for me, it's sitting with the keyboard and just just playing something over and over. And, oh, then something just comes and then I'll record it and then I'll layer things and record something else over the top of it. And it just tells me what it what it wants um, if I'm if I'm in a, the right place. I usually work with sounds. Uh, a sound will inspire something so the sound has maybe some sort of natural reverb or the sound has um something about it that will just inform the next step um if i sit with the guitar it's the same kind of thing it's just sitting and kind of riff making over and over again i'm really not a great guitarist i'm a horrible guitarist i'm a horrible piano player but i'm i write i'm able not I'm able to play enough to be able to write, if that makes any sense. And then whenever there's something that I I just instinctually feel is worth um, exploring or breathing life into, then I'll share it uh, with the guys and then we'll kind of move forward with it. Um, your process is, is different. Yeah, I mean, I like to sit with um, something that already has a structure and see what I can do to morph and change what I'm doing during that structure. So, um, you know, which which kind of harkens to how she wrote Pleroma, the first album, um, and how the, I didn't play guitar on that, but how the guitar player already had a song structure and they really like tailored guitars to what was there, you know? Yeah. Everything uh, was like already there for Pleroma. Guitar was really tough because there was just almost like it was dense and there was no space for guitar. We're like, well, what are we doing with guitar? Guitar was the last instrument for Pleroma that we even just like created melody lines and everything for. It was just weird. 
Um, but that's a whole nother story. Sorry, I interrupted. No, you. it's okay. It's okay. But that's that's kind of how I like to do it. Also, um, you know, I could write a riff and then be like, "Hey, I got this riff." But I mean, I'd, I'd rather have something that I'm vibing off of in the first place. I guess I'm more big picture. He's more like he goes in, which is perfect. Yeah, it's a good a good match. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, the first thing anyone will notice about you guys when they listen is you have a very unique sound. You don't sound like anyone else. How did you guys discover your sound? Where does it come from? I still don't know what my sound is. You know, because <laughs> it's uh, it's uh, it, it, it comes from communion with spirit. I mean, to me, there's divinity in creation and music, and it's just basically catching an idea here you hear it and you you create it recreate it using the instrumentation that you have i you know when you talk influences it's just so weird because everything's an influence a film is an influence you know david lynch's mulholland drive when they're driving down the street with the with the cars at the intro you know section that inspired india which is this interlude that we have on pleroma it's just like Stuff like that. Um, I lived in India for five years. So the classical Hindustani and the ragas that that I heard all the time, that um, informed the writing, the writing process that informed uh, the uh, specifically the rhythms and the notes, because the note system is completely different than Western music. So um that's that's been a huge influence, but also spirituality. Uh, Gregorian chanting is huge. Um, music that you'll hear uh, in spirit, spirituals, and that could be any religion or or non-religion. It could be like just a, a culture that gets together and this is what they sing. You know, Native American flute music is just like whoa, blows me away. It always has. So I have all of these things that are kind of churning within me. Um, and that just kind of, it just comes out when I sit and, you know, play with whatever I'm playing. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else that I, you know, the leaf falling from the tree. What does that sound like? What does it look like? What does it look like and sound like to to express what I'm feeling right now? How would I put that? into a sound whatever sound i have available at that moment how do i play with that sound in order to express what i want to express and if i can't fully do it or i can kind of do it see where it's going then i'll say you know dave or 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 jimmy or whatever you know like what are we how do we do this what does it sound like to do this and then have them come up with something that inspires something else or changes it completely um that's kind of how I think about it. So I don't know how the sound just kind of came. It just came out of life, the my life experience. Um, musically, I mean, there's just, uh, you know, so much, like I said, Gregorian chanting, classical Hindustani, um, Arabic music, all of that always hit me, the Native American stuff, you know, um, pop music, Madonna, Prince, I mean, all the greats. Of course, that's infused what I do. Um, 
classical to some extent because I started at violin with at six and, and flute at eight, and it was all classical music. And then at Juilliard, when I studied there, right, uh, composition, it's it's all classical. So, but I'm classical is beautiful and I love classical, but I like more of a Middle Eastern generally or an East classical Hindustani flair. That hits me. I'll just does something to me it moves me what i kind of love is that there doesn't seem to be any boundaries or any doors closed you know you will go anywhere with your sound and use any instrument use anything at all to create that sound yeah yeah to me it's one life it's just one big exploration why put a limitation on it at the beginning at the outset and also, um, like song structures on, on the first album, Chloroma, there's an eight minute song called The Apple, mm. which is completely different than a three and a half minute song, you know, like Crown of Crucified, well, four minutes, whatever. Um, but it's the same, you know, the same band. And, and, and we can put those two in a show right next to each other and it'll go perfectly, you know, even though they're completely different, you know. So that's fun. That's fun to do. And it's fun to not be pigeonholed because we could do whatever the hell we want. So, which I, I guess, you know, in the music arena today, in, in the whole grand scheme of things, either you're going to be a corporate, you got to do this and sound like this, or you're going to be a free, free flowing, you can just kind of do whatever you want. And, but the songs still have to be good. And that's the big, like concentration like i don't want to put a song out that isn't catchy at the end of the day so the pop music definitely is 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 an influence yeah yeah and uh i suppose at this stage so we'll dive into your history when it comes to music to give the listeners a sense of where you come from now it's a bit tricky but can you remember your earliest musical memory Ah. Uh. You can, you do, you should I say, do. I'm going to think about it. Yeah. I do. I, um, my mother listening to the radio and, you know, uh, my parents had gotten divorced and I remember my mother listening to all those sad seventies songs, you know, and that stuck with me because to this day, my, my favorite music is seventies music along with, you know, metal and stuff like that. But you know, I, I, I hear those one hit wonder 70s songs and I still get that rush, the yacht rock, all that stuff. But they're all sad. And uh, so that's my my earliest memory is that is 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 sitting there as a, as a small child listening to my mother listen to the radio. So. I like it. I like it. For me, I, I can't tell you if it's really one memory or maybe just a bunch of different things that I can remember. Mom would always sing to me these weird jingles that apparently must have been on the radio when she, or on the TV when she was a kid. So she would sing me stuff like that. And then she loved the Grease soundtrack. So some of that would be on, which I mean, quite honestly, it's not my thing, but she, she would, it was fun because she would take me around and dance around like, dance with me in the living room you and, and i loved that i know she's great but it's <laughs> you know it's just not my it's not my it doesn't grab me yeah. and um so i remember that i remember the radio and um i can't remember this song right off the top of my head but there was a song that i remember dad 
it was a soul song mm-hmm. that dad would always sing kind of in the in the car and then um i think the other thing that i really remember is i started dancing at three so that was the piano and while we were doing ballet at three you know what a three-year-olds can can do shuffle shuffle <laughs> shuffle step you know oh that maybe that was the tap i took tap ballet and tap that might have been the tap um but you know just you know little kid going like this so i remember the piano playing and that would have been classical so it would have been a combination of some sort of classical piece some sort of radio pop piece that my father and then some old stuff that my mother would have had um in her memory that she would have sung to me as a kid, some sort of jingles and then a soundtrack. Then again, Star Wars. <laughs> that too. It's a good mix. I do remember that. I had that t- soundtrack too. <laughs> I like it. And if you had to pinpoint the exact moment that kind of sparked a desire to become a musician, to really become a musician, what would you say it was? Nine is. Go ahead. Kiss Alive. When I was a, a kid, I got that for Christmas. I must have been eight years old. And I wanted to be Ace Freely. Or Gene <laughs> Simmons. It didn't matter. But, you know, as a kid, getting that, you know, they're superheroes, those guys. And the, li- the live sound of it with the cheering, you know, I've come to realize that maybe some of that cheering sound is a little fake on the album. Um, but just hearing that and hearing Ace play guitar, you know, that's that's my first, you know, I was I was, again, a small child, but like dreaming of that stuff. I mean, for me, it was probably Madonna. It was probably Madonna. You know, she, she was just so cool. And uh, she still is so cool. But, you know, I think I just love that whole. I don't know everything that comes around with it and it's just everything it's it's who she was it's her fashion it's it's her music it's her uh ability to break boundaries all all of that uh she's a rebel I mean I was very much drawn to that but also Prince too that was pretty big for me uh listening to Prince I used to choreograph dances in my living room uh to to um purple Purple Rain, the whole soundtrack and all of that. So I would just, for the whole, over and over again, choreograph dances in the living room. That's just how I spent my time as a kid. Weird. No, not weird at all. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. And, you know, it's called Concerts That Made Us. So as a concert goer, what concerts would you say have made you? Oh, Tool, for example, for, for one. I mean, massively. From the moment I went to the first show in 2000, I was just like, oh, my God, I've just had a religious experience. And what they're doing, not only musically, but visually is compelling. I feel satiated. I feel like catharsis and everything. And when I left the first show, I was like, oh, my God, that's how it's done. Uh, So that's a huge one for me. Uh, For me, it's probably... um... The fact that living in New York City, we got to get all of those tours that, you know, if a band was coming over, they play New York, coming over from England or whatever. So I saw the early incarnations of like Venom with like, you know, Metallica opening or Slayer opening, you know, in the clubs. And uh, those what, you know, typically would be small shows 
became the memories of iconic shows. Um, so, so kind of like if, if I could explain it that way, like I remember seeing Metallica in small clubs and then seeing them at the garden oh my and God. seeing that, that growth. So that I think is, is what I look at. Like, I, like they're just the four guys, but now they're doing it huge, but I've seen them do it small and they still did it huge when they did it small. So that's what we try to bring forth in our show is doing it huge, even if it's small, if it's a small stage, try to make it as big as possible with lights, with everything that we do, with our, just our, the way we energy. interact and energy on stage. All, all of those bands that are huge were small at one point. And I think those are the concerts that really made me, you know, especially if I'm going to port that over to being a musician and doing it also, you know. I like it. It's a good one. And you guys went on a, a small run of shows last month. How did it go? Oh, so good to be back out. We were just talking to our agent now about getting back out uh, in the uh, early part of uh, next year. It's just, if we're not out, it just feels weird. It's like, what are we doing? Yeah. You know, so it was awesome. It was really, it was, really great. It was to way too small a run of shows. It was too short. I wish it was longer. Way um, too short. Next year, we'll do a lot more. But like she said, just getting out there putting my amp on stage instead of in the rehearsal studio, you know, like, it's yeah. like, yeah, that's why I got this 412, you know what I mean? <laughs> Whatever the case is, you know, it's, it's, it's great to play. And we played a September morning, which was really cool. We were opening for them and uh, it was just cool to see, you know, what they're doing, what we're doing, how we're different, how we're the same, what we're bringing, all of that sort of thing. So camaraderie was, you know, just really great to, to be with another artist and on the road and and kind of go through it together. Uh, I love that that as well. Yeah. Was there any personal high points along the way for you guys? Yeah, like this Mechanic Birds, Mechanicsburg show that we played at, at Love's Draft. Love Draft. Just, I don't know, you know, like the forces were were working with us or we were working with the forces that night. It was just I mean, we felt like on fire. And, and again, there was like a moment in the set when I had chills and I was like, oh, that that just felt so freaking cool. Yeah. So that show for me was, but I think for most of us, it was like. That was a great show. Great show. There was also a moment, the third show in in, uh, in Pittsburgh, where I knew that there was a, a, oh a kid that came down. From a different state. From actually. a different state. And his favorite song is a song that we never play. And we were playing it for this run. And we're probably going to play it uh, from now on because it's a great part of the set. It's called 3.14. He had expressed, you know, via email or a message that that was his favorite song. And I knew we were playing it. And I knew we never played it before. So nobody was expecting it. And I, I couldn't wait to see him see it, see us play it. And I, I think we did a good job presenting it you know we, we delivered well i played well she sang well it was great and i was just like proud of that you know like i know i know that this kid has no idea we're playing this song he came up afterwards and he was just like oh my god yeah. you know and actually i set it up beforehand because i think we we generally know a lot of our fans we keep you know we respond on the socials and stuff and and this uh, kid has 
really just been so he the music he was going through a tough time in his life apparently and the music really helped him um that's what he's expressed to us it was like a beautiful story um about how our music has he's expressed to us but how our music has affected him and so um we knew this and i think i set it up beforehand didn't i say and for and i called him out from the stage and said i think you're gonna like you know, then that you're gonna you're gonna feel this next song that we're yeah. and then he was like went into it like <laughs> you know. So it was just awesome. Yeah, it it felt cool. really that yeah. felt really great. Some moments like that, that and, and that's why you get on stage. You know, it's it it really feels good to do that. And sure. to have that to have that I'm on stage and I'm looking forward to a moment. You know what I'm saying? Like we're sitting in this space, hopefully if we're doing what we should be doing is just emptying ourselves so that this energy can move through us so that the audience can in in be involved in that it's a co-creation process and and that's why the live experience is so awesome um and that's why we were like we got to get back out because you know like it's cool to write i love writing i do love writing because it's 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 the beginning of that for that song um, it's a meditation, um, but so is performing. It's the same thing. And now you have a whole, not, you have all these other dynamics that you can work into your performance and the energy that you've already grounded yourself in. So it's it's cool. It's really cool. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, for any listeners that haven't been lucky enough to catch one of your shows, tell us all about it. Give us the full experience if you can. I mean, for me, it's a ritual. It's a it's a ritual. It's not just getting up on stage and playing or singing. It's it's cleansing the space. So I have sage or I have uh, Tibetan bells that I'll chime. I will cleanse the stage before we uh, go on. While we're setting up. While so we're setting we're up. Setting, you know, generally there's that 15 minute between band, you know, crazy setup time, unless you're playing coliseums or whatever. So during the setup, we try to make that because people are watching. We try to make that part of it. So, like, yeah, I mean, it starts from that moment from my eyes. It's like, OK, the stage is now ours. Let's cleanse this this, this energy that's here. Let's cleanse, cleanse the energy in the room and get us all prepared for what's coming next. And what's coming next is, you know, depending on the set and, and what we're conveying for the tour. So, you know, we're still playing we're doing a lot of Rakala stuff still because that's you know that that we that was the last release but we're also combining that with Pleroma and we usually have a theme for the tour or the mini tour whatever it is and that theme the costume that I'm wearing will play into it what they're wearing will kind of play into it as well um what we have uh you know the set list is going to play into it and the light show will play into it so we craft our own light show and uh, for each song, you know, what are we conveying and and how does the, the light show accentuate what we're uh, conveying musically? Um, there are uh, just moments where we touch in and we touch out, but I really don't like to speak so much during a show. Uh, I think for me, the words pull one out of the... Um, hypnotic flow of of the show so um i really don't speak that much maybe maybe three times 
maybe even less, maybe twice. Um, so that's that's a, an important thing to the to the flow. And, and then the set just depends on also the timing. So, uh, you know, every every show is different uh, depending on what we're doing and the tours are different. So for an opener, you know, we're not getting an hour and a half set. So the flow then is going to be a little bit different um, for a half an hour set. You know, it's like a like a potent like thing that comes in and then comes out. Um, for a little bit longer, you can play with the space a little bit more. Um, but definitely one major thing that we like to do is to transform the space if we've done it properly. If we can transform the space and someone can come out feeling a little bit different or more inspired, then that's like the best thing that we could do. Yeah, that sounds pretty cool. Sounds like a great night now seeing one of your gigs. When you think back, over all the gigs you've played, is there one that sticks in your mind as maybe the most perfect experience you've had? Well, certainly not the one where I was attacked on stage in Vegas after the uh, yeah. after the shooting. Oh my god! Oh, um, that was pretty crazy. Um, the most perfect experience. I, you know, I don't think of it like that, where the whole show would be a perfect experience. Uh, I think more like there are moments that are really beautiful moments. When we played the chance in my hometown in Poughkeepsie, being on that stage with all of the energy from all of like the greats who have played on that stage, that felt amazing because that informed our performance. And then my family was in the audience. Some of my childhood friends were in the audience. So that was very warm and beautiful. And just like, we had a great show. We were opening for uh, Avatar. It was really, really lovely. For you, what do you? I, I don't even know. Um, uh... Viper maybe? Maybe the Viper Room in L.A. because, um, you know, as a New York band, it's tough to get people to come down to an L.A. show. And we had a packed house because we had a lot of friends there. We had a lot of people who promoted out there. And, you know, for our L.A. show to be one of the best shows of the tour, that's kind of cool because usually people are like, oh, L.A. sucked, you know. So the Viper Room, I think, on one of our previous tours was probably my one of my favorite moments your amp and oh, that wow. night i did not have i i was using a jcm 800 marshall amp and the night before it it blew or something went wrong so i did not have my amp so i said to the the house guy i'm like i don't have an amp you know i i got this little backup he's like oh no we got house marshalls and i'm like all right <laughs> i plug into their jcm 800 and I'm like, oh, my God, this thing sounds better than mine. <laughs> so I was happy to use it. I was like, I was in heaven. And then I got mine fixed in Seattle. But that's a whole nother story. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, I think L.A. was probably my favorite. And I grew up loving the whole Sunset Strip thing and, and all of that. So that that was that was a thing for me. I like it. I like it. And, you know, afterwards, after a gig, how do you guys wind down? How do you get rid of the energy? A drive to the next city, a two-hour drive to the next city. <laughs> do I, I mean, a, a lot of times it is that, but... Um, dinner at Denny's? Dinner. We feed. We like to feed after yeah. the show. Like, I can't eat before a show. I can't yeah. go in with a full stomach. Um, 
you know, I don't want my body to be digesting. I want to be fully on point with where everything that's there. I'll have a beer or two, you know, but there's no, there's no partying, you know, it's not, you know, when you're, when you're doing it at our level and you're in a van and and stuff like that, you, you can't, you can't be, uh, it's not the eighties. It's not the nineties. It's, it's, you know, nowadays, being that sloppy drunk guy on stage does not cut it. It used to cut it way back when. So there's no the one. So to get to your question, to winding down, yeah, dinner, uh, driving, everybody's saying, you know, where you screwed up in the set, and laughing about it, saying, ah, oh, no one noticed that, you know, that that kind of thing. So just hanging out with with the band or the great parts of the set, yeah, or the great parts, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I feel like you're right, though. Nowadays, people, bands are more business minded and more professional. You know, they know that they have to take care of their bodies and their careers, you know? Yes. yes. Yeah, I mean, I think the awareness about life is just different, you know, like it's not we're not like, I don't know, even when I was a teenager, I didn't really act like that. I was always more mindful. I think we're all more mindful about our health and. I don't, you know, quite honestly, I don't want to be drunk on stage or um, hung over the next day. And then I'm not in doing what I love to do. Then I'm focused on, oh, God, am I going to throw up or am I going to, you know, why do that to yourself? That just seems idiotic. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And how do you guys balance your personal lives with the demands of being in a band? We don't. Yeah, zero balance. Craziness all the time. Yeah, I mean, so. every part of what we do is kind of intertwined. We were just at an ashram this weekend, and uh, you know, they asked us to to sing a couple of songs with an acoustic guitar, which we never do. And we're like, okay, we're gonna we'll do it. But like, it's always inter. It's always everything comes from everything else, and that's just kind of the way I approach life. So. Um, you know, one thing inspires another. And so we we combine it. We're trying to be more, trying to be better with taking time to do nothing. Because when you, you know, there was a period of time in my life, which just kind of ended where I was just going, 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 going. And I felt empty. So I'd go to write a lyric and I'm like, I, I don't even know what to write. You know, I'm like physically exhausted, but mentally exhausted, spiritually exhausted, emotionally exhausted. And so then what comes out of you at that point? It's like a complete blockage. So I'm, I'm trying to be more mindful of, we're just going to take it easy today. We're not going to put any kind of, um, assumptions about what we need to do if we have to go to the grocery store to get grapefruit juice all right we don't have to set a time but we can you know just factor that in at some point and be gentle with ourselves i guess instead of oh we got to do this 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 um so maybe the balance is coming more in in that sense but um it's a work in progress I get you. I get you. And when you think of the future, then how would you like the band to evolve? Say, in five years' time, what would it look like? Good question. I, 
Uh, I will say I don't put assumptions on things necessarily because I want to keep the palette open, but how great would it be to be selling out Madison Square Garden? I mean, come yeah. on, <laughs> who doesn't want that? You know, True. <laughs> like who doesn't want to be on a tour with Tool or Perfect Circle or, you know, one of the great bands that you love? Um, you know, that would be amazing to manifest something like that. Uh, it would be great to to bring what we do to a greater audience in whatever manner that is. Um, it, it's important that, um, that we're truthful, honest, and what we're doing is potent in the sense that it resonates, but we can't necessarily control that. So the only thing we can control are our own actions, which would be an honesty that comes through in the music. That's all I can say. Yeah. Uh, uh... <laughs> I, I I'm excited about the upcoming year because we have a lot of stuff that we're going to release, you know, a, a new album. But, you know, there's a bunch of songs on that album. So I'm excited about all of them. Um, and that's, you know, I look at it a little more pragmatically, like we're going to let's release this. Let's write the next one. Let's release that and build and build and build. And, you know we're we're all excited to get on stage we're all excited to build and we're all excited to see where this goes and we have no idea where it's going and but we can always just keep our focus on movement up you know well the, for, the focus for me is not even on the movement up the focus is on just doing more of what we love doing which is creating and performing right so, and you lose that when you're looking at your numbers and, and all know, that and, and the, the social medias and all this. Constant, yeah, the business aspect and then what are we going to doing next? Like we have an agent now for booking, which is great because in the past I would be booking it. So we'd come off the road and I'd be booking the next tour. Like it was just, it was way too much work, way crazy. And it's like, so you're now, I'm, now I'm a booking agent instead of a musician. So like you fall into these, it's really hard right now for a lot of artists, but everybody knows that, but it, it is hard because you're doing everything yourself, everything from top to bottom, um, unless you have a major label deal, but I, th that's just so rare right now, especially in metal or rock music. It's just, what are we talking about? So, um, so it, it's, it's, it's a re, there is a recalibration right now to deeper creation, more creation, um, and less business stuff, whatever happens, happens, uh, throw it up to the air. As long as we're doing what we love doing, let these other guys, they will come to, to move it forward for you. Um, and, but like I said, what comes with that is surrender peace and listening to that other stuff that's there so you can catch it and bring it into the manifest you know manifest it into the the, the concrete world the the um, material realm yeah yeah and before we dive into the last couple of questions then future plans that are set in stone new music gigs anything you want to share with us there will be new music. There'll be a new album next year. It's the second album in the trilogy series, Exploring Consciousness. So that's coming. Um, there will be more tours. I uh, can't say anything yet because nothing is set in stone. Um, but we are <laughs> we're working on that with our agents as we speak. And um, we've already started the process for the writing for the third album as well. 
Yeah. So, so yeah, uh, plan set in stone. Oh, and videos. And videos. And more videos. Because you know we do the videos 100% DIY. So that's in a whole nother yeah. crazy time. But so we've started that as well. So we can kind of like work simultaneously on finishing these songs and starting those videos. And we actually filmed some stuff for a few videos. I have pieces on a hard drive that, okay, this is for that video. This is for that video. This is for, so that's kind of cool that that we've already started that process. Yeah. So that's set in stone. Like there will, there will be video releases and, and music and releases music. in 2024. Yeah, we were in Italy this summer with my family and uh, no boundaries. We were on vacation and we're shooting music videos. So, you know, like <laughs> it's what it is. So there you go. And finishing one of the songs while we were in the Malfi. So, yeah. Well, so there's nice. no separation between the, the, the personal life. And the band life. The band life is the personal life, but the personal life is also the band life because it's what we love. Yeah, you know. Sounds like you guys are going to be crazy busy over the next year. <laughs> Hope so. You know, it's winter, right? So it's our winter's coming. Or right now, I guess it's still technically fall. But like, I feel that already. Like, just go in, do what we got to do. Be super productive during this time. Like like internally because we're going in and i'm not distracted by the glorious weather and i want to be outside hiking and all this sort of thing. <laughs> um just we're just going into that phase right now and then it will be an outward space come you know early next year that's that's what i see all right we'll uh we'll dive into the last couple of questions so these are a couple of random odd music questions but i'm intrigued to see your answers if you could see any performer from history in concert from one night only who would it be stravinsky but he's a composer you know he caused a riot in paris with the freaking operas you know like yeah, that would be amazing i would love to see Either the Doors oh, or yeah. the Eagles or Led Zeppelin. Oh, yeah, that too. In their heydays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, but in their heydays. Because those are like the things that you see on video, on TV or whatever, in documentaries that I've never seen. So, and I will never see. Yeah. So that's kind of where I'm looking at, you know. I'd be right there with you. That would be amazing especially the doors jim morrison right oh, yeah yeah to see jim and to go through that ritual with him like yeah. oh yeah uh, oh be out of this world and uh the next one here's where the odd part comes in if you had to spend 24 hours locked inside a room with any musician from history who would it be oh it's so hard to limit <laughs> to one person I mean, I, I'm going to say as a guitar player, and I've been going down this rabbit hole recently, so that's why I'm going to say it, Eddie Van Halen. Because I would just be like, all right, show me what your hands are doing. You know? Makes sense. Makes sense. This is hard for me to answer. You know, I think composers uh, more than I think just straight musicians. Um. But it would be cool to sit in a room with Jimmy Page um, and talk to him about music and life and how it all combines for him, Crowley, his spirituality. 
there are other people. I mean, that's kind of more of an obvious answer. <laughs> yeah. I, like a, I, like a... <laughs> I picked an obvious guitar, but there are so many people, you know. Yeah, it's hard to narrow it down. Yeah. And the final one, what song would appear on the soundtrack to your life? For me, it would be Hotel California. Uh, <laughs> lots and lots of reasons. But uh, I love that song. And that guitar solo is my favorite moment on, you know, probably recorded for guitars ever. So. Right. That has to be that one song. The soundtrack of my life. I mean, of course, I think of a Tool song because, you know, like Push It or or Write In Two. Um, those are like songs that I just constantly gravitate towards and they, 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 they morph and change and they start and they grow and then they crescendo and then they come down. So I kind of see a life in those songs. Um, and there's gentleness. And there's there's a lot of dualities in in the songs, those both of those songs. And I think I, I really respond to that. And I feel like my life is a bunch of that. So maybe one of those. I'm going to add that another reason why I chose Hotel California is because to me, like the perfect scenario is that whole like California, you know, sunny, everything is you know, beautiful, but there's that undercurrent, that mm. underlying evilness or whatever of everyday life that, you know, the song will talk about or what you can get from that song. Well, so there's, there's no exit, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's what I think they were thinking of when they wrote that, right? It was Sartre's No Exit, so, which is amazing, right? You, I don't know if you've read it yet. It's just like such a great story. We've got it somewhere here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Two great choices. Brilliant. Listen, guys, it's been an absolute blast now. I've really enjoyed chatting with you. Thanks a million. Thank you for Thank having you. us. It was fun.
Hey guys, I really hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please rate and review us on iTunes and Spotify. And if you're interested in signing up the Band Builder Academy, use the link in the show notes below and enter the code CONCERTS and you'll receive 10% off. So, until next time, keep rockin'. Hey, hey, what are you guys still doing there? The show is over. It's over. You can go home. Go on. We'll see you next time. We'll be here. Bye.